0: Welcome to the show. It's 6.08. Mark Aaron with you for the next two hours. We're going to split this show in two. First hour, we're going to have some fun. Second hour, the pre-democratic debate show. I'll be joined live by Eric Erickson, Jamie Dupree, and Bill Crane. As uh, the Demons get together for the first of two nights of debates, you're going to hear live on WSB Radio. So, again, that's 7 to 8 p.m. Right now, some severe weather warnings. You just heard Chris Chandler mention it. Till 6.30, Fulton and Cobb Counties, Northwestern Decab and Western Gwinnett. We'll keep you loaded on uh, Storm Tracker 2 HD radar and let you know where the heavy stuff is right now. There's a big cell moving through the city of Atlanta and Northwest Atlanta. And I would imagine heading north and east. So be careful out there. Because we had to slot things around today, we're going to mix up the schedule a little bit. And we'll kick off the show with Would You Rather with Little Sanjay.
1: It's time, it's time,
2: time. for Would You Rather
0: with Little Sanjay. He's the guru, the soothsayer, the truth seeker, the asker of unanswerable questions. He joins us every Tuesday and Thursday on the Mark Aram Show. He's Big Sanjay. Big Sanjay. With would you rather? You in a safe, uh, secure location, Sanjay, away from this uh, yeah. rough weather?
1: Yeah, I'm laying underneath my recliner with my dog because she needs a little bit of you know, under company. the recliner? How does that work? I mean, you know, the legs are up. Well, she's under there. I was oh, sitting. I got you. I'm actually sitting on top. I got you. All right. Uh,
0: speak clearly into the phone, and here's what we're going to do. Sanjay's going to ask us unanswerable questions. We're going to answer them in the studio, and I want you to play along in your car, try to answer them. What's your first question, Sanjay?
1: All right, number one. Would you rather have legs or have no legs if you weren't able to move or feel them and there was no prospect of a cure. So basically, either so either, scena-
0: either scenario, I can't use my legs. In one of them, Correct. I have no legs. In the second, they're there, but they're useless. Exactly. I'm going to go amputation. I'm going to amputate them.
3: I didn't... I will have useless legs. I can still wear tights and shoes and make it look. Yeah,
0: cute. you have great legs. That makes sense. <laughs> right. You don't want to get rid of those. Intern Jake, uh, amputation or useless legs?
4: Yeah, I don't. Still don't know if I understand this all the way, but I think I'm gonna keep the legs. Keep the legs, but you that's can't the use them, can't feel yeah, them, paralyzed. That's, that's fine. I think gotcha. I, want, I think I want to
0: keep them. All right, yeah. Chuck. You're a former Division One track athlete. I think you're keeping your legs, right? What? No. No, you're getting rid of. I them? don't.
4: Yeah, this is more dead weight to <laughs> yeah. drag around.
0: That's the only way I'm going to lose 60 pounds. Yeah. The, you know. <laughs>
4: They're useless. Take yeah, I'd be them. like,
0: oh, I weigh the same I did in high school now. Yeah. You know, so yeah, all right, take the legs. Long, go to ya. Yeah, no
5: legs.
6: How, uh, yeah. Just cruising around in motor cars. God, Isn't you awesome. look
0: like a freaking bowling ball, though. <laughs> Who, me? Oh, yeah. man. Wow. Well, that, that, that's <laughs> that's a shot across the bow. Well, no, because you're You're, you're top-heavy. You know? <laughs> oh, okay. it's not like making you it any better. That's not getting any better? I didn't mean it, your it. I just mean it. Picture Longori with no legs.
5: Not a bowling ball, <laughs> I mean, per se. it's the
0: truth, but you don't have to put it in my face. Kind of like uh, the Kool-Aid man. Is that better? You look Holy like the Kool-Aid man. No, That's no it's better. Not better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. Big Sanjay, next question. That was Gosh. a weird one to start things off, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: sorry about that. All right, next question. Would you rather, this is easy. Would you rather have Captain Crunch or Fruit Loops? For breakfast for the rest of your life,
0: Fruit Loops, absolutely, 100% was my favorite. On the rare occasion my mom would buy me a sugared cereal, it was Fruit Loops. Captain Crunch, I didn't have it until college, and it destroys your mouth. It shreds your mouth. So, Fruit Loops, 100%.
3: Yeah, Captain Crunch is garbage. Give me Fruit Loops.
0: (laughs) Intern Jake, who probably still eats cereal because he's in college, Fruit Loops or Captain Crunch? I'll
4: take Fruit Loops because on the healthier side.
0: No, I oh, wouldn't say it. Really. No, it's, fr- <laughs> it's got the fruit in it. I heard that it does not have the fruit in it. Oh, our schools are failing <laughs> us. Please. Our school systems are. failing. You fa- see
4: the mental reassurance.
0: Now I heard that if if you eat Fruit Loops blind, like you put uh, a blindfold on and you eat them one at a time, dry, they all taste the same. Like oh, the, yeah. the no. only taste. I'm sure they do. Yeah, like you see when you when you see them, they're like, oh, the purple one. It tastes different than the red. No, they all taste the same. With no fruit fruit in it, by the way. No fruit in (laughs) it, Jake. Fruit Loops. Kool-Aid Man, what are you doing? Fruit Fruit Loops? Loops? (laughs) (laughs) Kool-Aid Man? (laughs) Kool-Aid Man. Oh, man. Is that my new name? No, 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 no. (laughs) Just for tonight. Just for tonight. All right. Would you rather with little Sanjay? Next question, Sanjay.
1: All right. Would you rather have to eat tacos without hot sauce or burgers without condiments?
0: Tacos without hot sauce. And I'm going to say why. A, I don't really get hot sauce on my tacos. It's a, it's a stomach thing, um, but you can, on a taco, Deb Green, correct me if I'm wrong, I can get guacamole, I can get sour cream, can put anything in I the can taco. put anything on the taco. Yeah. By the way, did you see the taco picture I posted on Instagram yeah, today? that's
4: horrible. Why would you want to eat that?
0: Because it's that got looks, cheese Whiz on no. it. I love yeah. cheese. Whiz. You yeah. eat that, but you won't eat cheesy peanut butter crackers? Yes, 100%. Oh, 100%. <laughs> that's gross. I'm, I'm, There There anyway. is so much in that picture that's <laughs> blasphemous. Oh, it's so tortilla. <laughs> let's just start with the tortilla. All right, so let's go back to Sanjay's question. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um yeah i want i need condiments on my burger but most most likely ketchup or a barbecue sauce or what have you so i'm going no hot sauce on my tacos yeah
3: i don't need a hot sauce on tacos
0: did i pronounce it right tacos yes all right uh intern jake
4: <laughs> he always forget his name <laughs> yeah for me there's nothing better than a good burger with a lot of condiments but there's nothing worse than a burger with no condiments yeah. so i'm gonna go no hot sauce no on the tacos. No hot sauce on the tacos. Yeah, I don't put hot tacos. sauce on the tacos anyway. Yeah.
0: yeah. I need
6: they,
4: condiments whenever on Whenever I burger. go through the
0: drive through at Taco Bell, and they're like, what kind of sauce? I'm like, no sauce. They're like, what? I know. Like, I'm like the uh, the white rhino, the albino <laughs> rare thing that doesn't ask for hot sauce. Uh, Longoria. I'll take no condiments on my burger. Oh, you want the hot there sauce? There you go. To. Doug Turnbull, no, uh, no hot sauce on your tacos or no condiments on your burger, buddy?
5: Uh, agree with your reasoning on the tacos there, bud, because there's all sorts of stuff. Yeah, you, you got
0: other stuff you can put on there.
5: Not that I love burgers, though. You know. Anyway, know. but...
0: <laughs> Would you rather continues with Big Sanjay. What's the next question, Sanjay?
1: All right, number four. Would you rather have the feeling that you're always alone or have the dreadful fear that you're not alone?
0: I think I'm alone now. Doesn't seem to be anyone.
1: We're still in the air, yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Um, I don't like that dreaded feeling that someone's in the house. Like that's what you're talking about. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll have the feeling that's weird, but that I'm always alone. This,
3: yeah. this bird flies solo. Just leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. We've, I'm fine. we've
0: noticed that. <laughs> Deb Green, Deb Green worked here four years before she started working on the show, and we we said one word to each other?
3: We're probably not here at the same time. No,
0: you walk by. You're feeling for Steve in the mornings, whatever. You'd be here. You
3: weren't doing traffic on the river.
0: No, no, but I mean, you walk by my thing. I'm I don't, not, I don't I'm not go in the traffic. Thing, I don't go in the traffic I'm not office. saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it was, you know, ships. our ships didn't Tunnel pass vision. in the night. Intern Jake. I yeah. forgot the question. What was it? Oh, alone or, or whatever? Yeah. I don't know. I've
4: had nightmares for forever about, yeah. you know, not being alone, so I think I'd rather... Have the feeling of the security, the feeling that Chuck I I'm told
0: alone. me. Jake, correct me if I'm wrong. This could be uh, him just busting chops, but that in your dorm room in college, you still sleep with a nightlight. Is that correct? A Batman nightlight.
4: It may or may not be. All right, I'm not gonna. You're I'm afraid. To good answer info, that. Chuck. I, I, I like I that. I missed the question. Can you tell me real quick?
0: Uh, no, don't worry about it. This one's not good. <laughs> <laughs> <It's like laughs> it's I not. guess I feel like I'm alone. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Next question, Sanjay. That was a garbage all right.
1: one. Would you rather be corrupt and competent? Or honest and incompetent in a professional setting.
0: Oh, I can think of one, two examples of both in this building: corrupt and competent, and not corrupt and incompetent. Um, corrupt means there's a likelihood I'll go to jail, which is my biggest fear. So I will uh, be incompetent and not corrupt.
3: I mean, corrupt at work, like. I guess I don't understand. Corrupt in life. But are you
4: morally corrupt or yeah. criminally corrupt? Because that's two different
6: things.
3: Exactly. Both. <sighs> ah, you're, you're, just, you that, don't even that know what easy. you're asking. You're 100% yeah. corrupt. I, get, I mean, working with incompetent people really is annoying, but I guess I'll be incompetent. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to go to jail. Yeah. Jake, the I'm intern?
4: Uh, I have a big phobia of being incompetent. So, I might take my chances on being. Corrupt, You're fine. Don't so oh, you'll get over hope it. hope I can slide yeah. under the law.
0: We haven't seen any of it yet. You're good. You, we don't see any fear <laughs> in your you eyes. Thank you for that. Chuck.
4: <laughs> I, I think if I was incompetent, I wouldn't know. So, I would just blindly go along annoying yeah. everyone else. Ignorance is bliss. As opposed to me being annoyed. Yeah,
0: listen, there's, there's people in this building that are incompetent uh. and been here for 20 plus years. So, it's you can made make it a living. You can make a living. Uh, Longoria. Incompetent. Incompetent. You got one more, Sanjay? That's it, my man. These are all, that was they it? can't all be gems. No, no they <laughs> certainly well, can't. <laughs> well, the early Chine James threw him off. You know, it threw him off coming it on did. early. I get that. All right, Thursday, One you'll be back at your normal there. time, 7.07, normal time on Thursday. Uh, Sanjay, I hate to admit it after that performance, but he is the official accountant of the Mark Aram Show. Find him on Facebook, Brass Tax Accounting. Stay dry up in Dunwoody, buddy. You bet. All right, there he is, uh, Big Sanjay with Would You Rather. When we come back, I'm going to ask Chuck, Longoria, Deb, and Jake an odd question. Stick around. This is The Mark Aram Show. Severe weather alert till 6.30 in the p.m. Fulton Cobb, northwestern DeKalb, western Gwinnett, not out of the woods yet. A couple of more severe storms heading our way. Keep it locked right here on Atlanta's official weather station, WSB. Kirk Mell should be active throughout the night. Before I ask you guys uh, the question I want to ask you guys, we got to talk to Todd first. Todd, welcome to the Mark Arab Show. How are you, my friend?
6: I'm doing real good, guys. How are you doing? Excellent. I just really had a uh, had a quick question for y'all. you all. Know, during the uh, What Would You Rather... Y'all were talking about the Taco Bell sauce and the tacos. Yeah. And I'm the kind of guy that goes through the drive-thru. I'm a big guy. I go through the drive-thru, and they ask me if I want sauce. And I'll say, oh, yeah, I'll take some sauce. And then I get home, and I'm in such a hurry to eat it, I never use it. And I've got a drawer at home. And by the only one at home that has a drawer in the kitchen full of Taco Bell sauce.
0: I don't have taco because I don't get it. I never get it. But I've got in my refrigerator, Yeah, me too. which is supposed to, right. I don't know where you keep butter or whatever. I've got Chick-fil-A right. sauce. I've got barbecue okay. sauce. I've got all the sauces and most of all, duck sauce from Chinese restaurants. That's, that's I where I keep the stuff. I keep it refrigerated yeah. though. I think it's, it'll last longer. that's how I do it. Yeah. I keep them in the fridge.
6: Okay, cool. Y'all yeah. have good
0: night. You too, buddy. Thanks for that little insight into your life. Todd's got a drawer. Yeah. I think you keep, you got to keep them in the refrigerator. Right? I, I would think so. Griffey's and Longoria have a drawer. Not Griffey's and Longoria. Griffey's and Alewine have a drawer out there. They each have their own condiment drawer. But I'll pull out out a a condiment from Alewine's drawer, like a mustard thing, and it's 12 years old, and it's all dried up. You open the packet up and it's like powder comes out. All right, here's the question I'm gonna ask you. Think about the break. Everyone in this room, think about who your best friend was in grade school. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever. Think about the person that was your best friend in grade school, okay? It's going to be important to know that person when we come back after news, weather, and traffic. Think about that. This is The Mark Aram Show.
1: This is Henry Winkler. How are you? And you're listening to The Mark Aram Show. How lucky are you?
0: Well, it was uh, an 8 on the Mark Aram show back sweat meter when I drove in this afternoon, but uh, Trish Chandler just said 74 degrees now. Take that down to a 3, Longoria. Take that back meter, the back sweat meter down to a 3. Severe weather alert in effect till 7.15, northeast Fulton, northeast Cobb, northwestern DeKalb, and west central Gwinnett counties. I'm looking live at StormTracker 2 HD radar. Some heavy stuff going on right now between Marietta, Alpharetta, and then less severe stuff, buckhead out toward Norcross long ID five, Doug Turnbull will check the wet ride in just a second. Uh coming up at seven, we're gonna do the pre Democratic debate show. Jamie Dupree, Bill Crane, and Eric Erickson will join me. Before the break, I ask you to remember your best friend in elementary school's name. We'll start with Chuck in Montana because you didn't have a lot of choice in Montana, right? You had like three kids your age yeah, in I mean, Whitefish. Yeah. you are kind of
4: stuck with whoever
0: What was your best friend's name? Bo. Bo what? Beavis. Really? Swear to God. Longoria, the Stoic Eskimo. What was your best friend's name in in elementary Uh, school? I guess Nasario. Nasario? Nasario. Nasario. What was his last name? What was that his last name? Guerrero. Guerrero? Yeah. All right. And Deb Green?
3: (laughs) Elementary school? Yeah. Uh, Grammar school. Okay. Elementary. Carrie Newberry.
0: Oh, that sounds cute. Carrie Newberry. I bet she was very preppy. Um, Intern Jake, this was three years ago. Your best friend in elementary school. What was his name?
4: Can I use middle school instead of as a how-to No,
0: school? elementary school. All
4: right, my best friend in elementary school, is name was probably Isaac.
0: Isaac what? Hayes? Walker. Walker. <laughs> All right. So here's why I'm asking this. Chuck, when you went over to Bo Beavis's ranch in Montana um, and his mom greeted you at the door, what did you call her? Nancy. In third grade, you called his mom Nancy.
4: Well, yeah. What was I supposed to call her?
0: Oh, my God. We'll go to a more refined what? individual named Longoria. You're th- you're in third grade and you called his mom Nancy.
6: I didn't call her Miss Beavis. I can tell you that.
0: You went over to uh, Nasadio's house in third grade, Longoria. Yes. What did you call his mom? Ma'am. Hi, ma'am.
3: Whatever you guys called her. Were Carrie Newberry's <laughs> house. Oh, you... uh, probably when I was younger, it would have been Mrs. Newberry, okay. but she always told us to call her Sue.
0: Gotcha. And three years ago, you went over to Isaac's house. Isaac Walker, you said. What's his name? What Was it? Yeah, name? Walker. And you saw his mom came to the door, and you said what?
4: When I was a wee third grader it yeah. was Mrs. Walker but Mrs. by the Walker. time I grew to fifth grade we were we were on first name basis so okay Patty
0: so the reason why I'm bringing this up all right so when I was in elementary school my best friend was Eric John two first names EJ we called him and his mom was uh Cynthia John and I never did the transition we'll leave Chuck out of this conversation completely because he called the the mom Nancy I
4: thought that was her name you don't you there's
0: no way you just called her Nancy Nobody, in third grade yeah Nobody, was that a Montana thing?
6: I don't know. We called our teachers Miss Whatever, all right. but all our friends' moms—no, like my friends
0: I can't would call my mom imagine my friends' moms by their first name in elementary school.
4: Yeah, we are, like nobody called my mom Miss Thomas. They called all right. her Debbie.
0: Anyway, so I called Eric's, uh, EJ's mom, Mrs. John. Her name was Cynthia John, and I never did the transition to the first name. Throughout high school, it was we always referred to. I guess in Torrington, we're raised right as opposed to that's you, grief. <laughs> wow, as opposed to you scoundrels. But, ma'am's not polite. No, ma'am's polite. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. fine. But Where'd like you get a pass, Mrs. Hudak, Mrs. Lena. It, I mean, at 17, I would I would call them Mrs. Out of respect, and when they come over to my house, it was Mr. and Mrs. Arum. Oh, what's for dinner tonight, Mrs. Arum? Or how was the softball game, mister? You know, we, we were raised with respect, I guess, is the, the point. So here's, here's why I'm bringing this up. I never made that switch that Deb made in fifth grade with uh, Carrie Newberry's mom. And she said, call me Debbie or whatever, right? Sue. Sue. EJ's coming to town this Saturday with his mom. And we're going out to dinner. Me and Maya and EJ and his mom. And I've never once in my 45 years of knowing this lady called her Cindy or Cynthia. But I'm gonna. I got to introduce her to my girlfriend, and I'm like, I've. It's gonna be awkward. I've never. I've. I've. She's Mrs. John. Why don't you just say that? What's the problem? It's it like hurts my hurts my soul. To I guess I guess I can introduce. You don't have to introduce her as her first name, do you? It would be polite. I don't think Maya's gonna call EJ's mom <laughs> Mrs. She John. Did? But isn't it? It's just weird. I never made that transition. Like, if if I run into any of my friends when I was growing up, oh hi Mrs. Gada, hi Mrs. Lena, hi Mrs. Bearcat, I don't go hey Nanette. I just can't do that. And I'm a, I'm an adult. I could theoretically have grandkids right now, but I still would call my my elementary school friends moms and dads. Hello, Mr. Franklin. Hello, Mr. Stevenson. I've, I I can't do the thing. So Saturday, I guess I'll introduce. Maya, this is uh, EJ's mom, Cindy. That works. But in conversation, I'm going to be like, Mrs. John's going to have the rosé and the calamari. <laughs> so so cal- if she, if she <laughs>
3: says, if she says you can call me I Cynthia, don't know, Cindy, man. would, it's too would weird. you switch over then? If she says, please call me this instead? I will try. It's going to be really weird. I think you just need to tell her.
0: It's like if you run into one of your old school teachers in Publix, yeah. right? And it's this is 30 years after you had uh, yeah, your
3: school teachers are always your school teachers. It is right? Yeah, like you could be you can, be, well, you can yeah. be
0: sixty. You run into your ninety year old school teacher. It's gonna be Mrs. Johnson, right. It's just I just uh, it's freaking me out. But I'm glad you guys transitioned early. You <laughs> transitioned. made I never made that transition to calling my friends' parents by their first name. You
3: were never that close to them then.
0: No, I'm extremely close. I'm hoping i'm I'm in some of their wills. That's how close I am. All right. Uh, we're gonna come right back. then we're gonna do the pre-democratic debate. Weather stinks, traffic stinks. We got you covered though, don't you worry. 404 872 751 800 WSB Talk on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Chuck, uh, what was Bo Beavis' mom's name again? Nancy? Nancy Beavis? Nancy. And so in third grade you called your best friend's mom Nancy. Yeah. I do believe when, when you met my mom in the studio, you called her Mrs. Aram, right? No. What'd you call her? You didn't know her. You didn't know her first name.
4: I didn't call her anything. You, right. I just said hello. Nice like, to hey, meet you. Like, Hey you. What was I supposed to say? I just said hello. If you nice knew to her name,
0: her. would you call her Mrs. Aram or
4: Alice? Uh I definitely wouldn't say Mrs. Aram. Wow. Wow.
3: Your mom, when I got introduced to your mom, she said, you know, her, my hi, name is yeah. Al. Yeah. So I I would, if, if someone just, says my name is, that's yeah, what I'm going to call yeah, them that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: But when I'm three, EJ's mom it hi, I'm Cindy. You know, that's Mrs. John. And I'm 45, and she's still Mrs. John. Uh, Bob's up on the Mark Arab show. What's cooking, Bob?
6: Hey, I got a couple quick things for you. Yes, sir. One, peanut
0: butter crackers. Awful. Monday through Friday, <laughs> a four-pack every single day. Oh, God bless you. And the best sandwich in the world, tell Longoria, go to Publix, get a good Kaiser roll, peanut butter, slice of American cheese, glass of milk. Oh my God. Oh, Bob, good. you need now, some money? Do you want, you want me to lend you some money? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. You're good? All now, right. That, that's the, like, the, I wouldn't eat know that they in call college. about Taco Bell yes. sauces in a straw. Yeah. Now, I'm a big guy. I'm 5'8, 240 pounds. I used to be 275 okay. pounds. Okay. He said he was a big guy. We really can't take 2.4 seconds longer to open up a pack of hot sauce and put it on a taco? Well, it depends so how hungry you are. I don't know. So I, I even don't even, open talk sauce. I don't, I don't use the hot sauce, so I don't know. 240 pounds. That's for me and peanut butter and cheese together. The fat bomb right there, waiting to go off. Um, we're going to shift gears. When we come back, we're starting the pre-democratic debate coverage. We've got to be buttoned up, Longoria, because we're on the... Uh, Cox Media Group Radio Network. Erickson will join us, Jamie Dupree, and Bill Crane previewing the Democratic debate tonight, which you'll hear live on WSB on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. A show and a good tuesday evening mark Aaron broadcasting live across the cox media group radio network a little pre-democratic debate coverage for the next hour and then right here on this very channel you'll hear the debate live and then post debate coverage coming up from my compadre alan sanders uh, are you excited about the latest round of democratic debates we've got one tonight one tomorrow Tonight's features Montana Governor Steve Bullock, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg from South Bend, former Maryland rep John Delaney, former Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, former Texas rep Beto O'Rourke, Ohio rep Tim Ryan, Vermont's Bernie Sanders, Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts, and author Marianne Williamson. Your thoughts on tonight's debate will you expect to heat here? And what you want to hear at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-972-8255. Joining me... From the Resurgent and WSB Radio, uh, notable political pundit, his name is Eric Erickson. Eric, how are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you? I'm 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 actually more excited for tonight's debate than I were the previous Democratic debates. I don't know. I think now that uh, you know summer's winding down, I'm starting to really get into the uh, presidential race, and my focus goes from the beach to the Democratic debates. Should I be excited about tonight's debate?
2: Well, y- yes and no. Tonight is going to be the the white debate. Tomorrow night the fighting debate between <laughs> I'm glad you said it, not yeah, me. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris uh, get a get a second go around. CNN just coincidentally put them together on stage tomorrow night. Um it, it is kind of interesting for a party that talks a lot about diversity tonight will be all of the white candidates on stage uh, other than Joe Biden, I think and and a, and a few others, but uh, there are a number of more moderate candidates who are trying to gain traction, and if they don't tonight, they'll be shut out of the September debate. So it's kind of make or break time for a lot of the people on stage tonight, most of whom no one's ever even heard of. And this coming off the heels of the latest Quinnipiac poll. For the 2020 Democratic
0: presidential race, a big boost for Joe Biden. He stands at 34 percent. Elizabeth Warren at 15. Kamala Harris at 12. Bernie Sanders at 11. Pete Buttigieg at 6. Beto at 2. And Yang at 2. And you you look at those numbers, you're like, well, you know, anyone not polling at least 2 should get out. But I pulled some of the numbers around this time leading up to the 2016 election. And uh, a guy named Donald Trump was polling at 1 percent. Yeah. So things things can change. In fact, the the top three at this point, Eric, uh, back in the uh, before the 2016, Jeb Bush at 22 percent, Scott Walker at 17 and uh, Marco Rubio at 14 percent. So things can can be turned upside down, as was evidenced in the last election. But is that even a possibility with this Democratic group?
2: Well, it's going to be a little more difficult. Keep in mind that Donald Trump didn't announce until uh, July or June 15th of, of t- this time in, in twenty mm-hmm. what fifteen. 15 so, yeah. yeah, he only had a month. Some of these candidates have been running now for six and seven months, and they've got to get some traction. And the way the Democratic debates are working is they have higher and higher polling standards to get into the next Democratic debate. Andrew Yang, for example, uh, will be tossed from the September debate because of... Of his polling, he didn't qualify, um, is, so it's going to be interesting to see where they move forward, moving these candidates up the field. Now, that being said, I think everybody understands that uh, it is Joe Biden versus Kamal Harris, versus Elizabeth Warren versus Bernie Sanders, possibly Pete Buttigieg is in there, um, although he has 0% support among black voters, which almost disqualifies him from the Democratic field. You can't win a primary with 0% support of black voters. The other thing is, look at the people in the current polling with 2%, given the margin of error. I mean, Beto O'Rourke could technically be at negative 3%, given the margin (laughs) of error of the poll. Talking to Eric Erickson from The Resurgent and
0: WSB Radio, a preview of tonight's Democratic debate. So, Eric, you've worked... not only are you a big time radio superstar and a political pundit, but you've worked for both CNN and Fox news. Does CNN like the fact that they get two nights of debates because there's so many candidates or do they want this to be narrowed down to a one stage kind of thing?
2: They would much prefer one night. Uh, cost is one aspect of it. They know they're not going to get as many viewers as the first debate. Uh, it, the way the field shapes up with the randomness of it, uh, I think they would have preferred not to have Kamala Harris and Joe Biden on the same debate stage, although for ratings, it's good, but it would have been better if they were in the first debate, not the second. Uh, and then also just the manpower that goes into these things. I I, I don't understand. I think people understand the amount of manpower that goes into not just the network hosting the debate and all the costs that go with that, but then all the other reporters and, and reporter out, reporting outlets that have to go there, uh, it is a real big burden on these networks. And one of the things CNN also wants to do is avoid stuff that NBC did, like the raise your hands or one word answer stuff uh, that a lot of people attacked NBC for doing. The big names tonight you'll hear live on the radio, uh, obviously Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Uh,
0: who's battling for third place for for. You know, to to come in in the with the bronze medal tonight and become that third most popular candidate on the stage tonight.
2: Well, everybody up there wants to <laughs> because they've got to have the attraction. But keep your eyes on Buttigieg here. He is he's the guy who he's become a media darling, and primarily, you know, it is because. He takes any interview. You ask Buttigieg to come on for an interview and he accepts it. And that has helped him tremendously, both with the media and getting his name out there. But he probably is the guy. And Beto O'Rourke needs to do very well in this debate if he's to move forward. If not, look for him to probably be the next candidate to drop out.
0: Eric Erickson from The Resurgent and WSB Radio joins us. We've got The Resurgent Gathering coming up. Vice President Mike Pence will be there. A lot of big Republican names. Is inside Republican circles, the circles of power, if you will, Eric, are are Republicans scared about any one candidate or more scared
2: about one candidate than another to, to survive this process? Joe Biden makes people nervous behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And the reason Biden makes Republicans nervous is because Biden actually can connect to the blue-collar voters who voted for Obama. A lot of them voted for Obama because of Joe Biden. And he's not as scary to moderate and independent voters as, for example, a Bernie Sanders or even a Kamala Harris is. Uh, The problem is Joe Biden, to get through this Democratic field right now, is going to have to make compromises with the progressive side of the party. And that's going to hurt him with mainstream voters. Interestingly enough, about 30 minutes ago, there was a panel discussion on CNN of Democrats, about 20 Democrats in a room, and they were asked to show of hands, uh, they won't do it on stage, but they did it with the panel, of who thinks the Democrats are going to win in 2020. Only one of the Democrats raised their hand. What? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Uh,
0: let's talk about that that uh, progressive wing of the party. I guess the big names tonight focused uh, will be Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. And back to that Quinnipiac poll, Elizabeth Warren up 1% since July 2nd. Uh, Bernie's down 2%. Who's the, who's the last progressive standing between those two in this race, do you think?
2: I think it's going to be Warren. Uh, Bernie's time is up. He has a, a level of hardcore support, but he's not a Democrat. And a lot of Democrats actually resent that he's tied up their field when he's not even one of them and won't affiliate with them. Now, Warren and Sanders are actually good friends in the Senate. I would be shocked if they attack each other tonight.
0: Yeah, I would not expect that. And it's interesting. I mentioned this on my radio show uh, last week. Um, I think I think that, you know, we talked about the Republican halls of, of power. I think the Democratic halls of power are real would be really scared if Bernie gets the nomination. Because, uh, you know, every every ad against Bernie Sanders is going to just label him flat. I mean, he's a self-proclaimed socialist. You know, you've got that socialist right. stamp on him. And I think the, the the movers and shakers in the Democratic Party are trembling at the thought that that could be
2: their their nominee. I think they are. I also think they're breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief as he's gone down. But keep in mind that the Democrats have many more caucuses than Republicans do. Republicans tend to do primaries where anybody just shows up and votes caucuses. You actually got to go to the meeting and hang out for a couple hours. Democrats do that. And Bernie's got a hardcore base of support and they will stay for hours to caucus for him.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely not a caucus guy. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I got a lot of stuff to do, man. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sitting either. around. A gym. Therefore, the
2: hardcore and Bernie's voters are hardcore. All right, let, let's talk
0: about the other folks on the stage tonight with Eric Erickson from the Resurgent, uh, Steve Bullock, Delaney, Hagen Klobuchar. I mean, I, I'm surprised we haven't seen her jump up. She seems to be, you know, have her act together for the most part and and bring some gravitas
2: to the stage. Yeah, listen, uh, Amy Klobuchar is highly respected by her Republican colleagues in the Senate, but she doesn't really stand out in the field, Uh, and then you've got these other people that nobody seems to know about. Uh, For example, how many people know John Delaney, former candidate? How many people know Tim Ryan, uh, Ohio representative, or John Hickenlooper? Here's the problem the Democrats have, though. Let's run through this list real quick. Uh, You've got John Hickenlooper in Colorado. You've got Amy Klobuchar. You've got Beto O'Rourke. You got Tim Ryan. Um, You got Marianne Williamson, of course. Let's not forget her. And you've got Steve Bullock. Steve Bullock could be running for the Senate. John Hickenlooper could be running for the Senate. O'Rourke could be running for the Senate uh, and they're not. And that has infuriated a lot of Democrats because these are the best candidates from those states to run for the Senate and they've decided not to. So why are they doing that, Eric? If
0: you're polling at 1% or less, are you doing this for name recognition, to get money on the lecture circuit? Why, why join this crowded field if you theoretically have no shot at the nomination?
2: I think it's the Trump factor. When Donald Trump ran in 2016, everyone said he didn't have a shot and yet he caught lightning in a bottle and these candidates are hoping for. Beto O'Rourke, of course, believes his press from 2018. He doesn't realize yet the press only liked him because he was running against Ted Cruz. The rest of these guys really believe that the party is moving too far left. They're message candidates. They want to save the party and they believe they can resonate. I mean, listen, when you're running for president, you're kind of a quirky individual to begin with. And some of these people, I mean, John Hickenlooper, for example, is a really quirky individual. And so is Steve Bullock from Montana. Pre-debate coverage
0: continues along the Cox Media Group radio network. Mark Aram with Eric Erickson from WSB Radio and The Resurgent. Check it out online, please. I'm going to go off the Democratic grid for a second. What have you heard about uh, Mr. Starbucks, Howard Schultz? What's going on in his world?
3: Is
2: he going to run? Is he not going to run? Where do we stand with that? He's not going to run. Uh, Tom Steyer, whose name nobody is mentioning, he's going to run ads before and after the Democratic debates tomorrow night and, and tonight about impeachment. Tom Steyer has more money than Howard Schultz. He's in it to win it. He's willing to spend, a, a, I mean, basically $100 million a week uh, or or a million dollars a week mm-hmm. through now to Iowa. He could do this. Schultz's team has largely abandoned him. They didn't like him running as an independent. He didn't want to run as a Democrat. Uh, he doesn't have anyone around him at this point to really help him steward his campaign and he also had back surgery which if you remember yeah. rick perry in in 2008 doesn't go over so well on the campaign trail um uh, you, you mentioned steyer um you know he's been running those need to impeach ads
0: for months now uh, where does where does where does that money come from what is he a former hedge fund guy is that right uh, yeah
2: he's a a hedge fund guy an investment breaker uh, investment breaker investment broker uh, he the man is the billionaire running for president right now and he's got essentially unlimited funds to tap uh between now and the general election if he chooses to deploy it he is in thus far committed personally a hundred million dollars
0: at what point do the uh, deep state democrats pull him aside and be like listen we need your money but you know quiet down just right well you check. see
2: he hasn't caught traction yet and the moment he catches any sort of traction uh yeah this is going to be a very big deal i think for the democrats that you're going to start seeing them turn on one of their major donors
0: buckle up eric we're uh, 40 minutes away 41 minutes away from the democratic debate uh tell the folks where they can
2: follow you on the social medias they can follow me ew erickson pretty much anywhere or the and listen for those of you who typically use ambien to go to sleep tonight just turn on <laughs> cnn by the way if
0: you like uh if you like cooking and and especially uh, sweet treats baked goods Eric Erickson on Instagram is as a heck of a follow you gotta follow him <laughs> I try as always thank you brother thank you all right we're gonna come back our pre-debate coverage continues Jamie Dupree will join us with the, he's at the debate guys Jamie Dupree is at the Democratic debate. Uh, we'll ask him some very tough questions leading up to the debate. And I want to know what you think going into tonight. 404 872 one 872 or hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. Welcome back to the show. Mark Aaron with you. Our pre debate coverage continues on the Cox Media Group radio network. Jamie Dupree joining us now. Jamie covering his ninth presidential campaign as our Washington correspondent. Uh, Jamie, and I guess Jamie, the most best basic question
7: tonight is, what do you think is going to happen tonight during the debate? Mark, this first of two debates will really continue the winnowing of the Democratic field as there are over a dozen candidates who really have struggled to get any traction. Obviously the goals are different for Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders tonight compared to others like Tim Ryan and John Hickenlooper, who are desperately trying to hang on and get into the next debate in September. Jamie, you mentioned Warren and Sanders, what about uh, Mayor Pete? Yes Pete Buttigieg is the other big name candidate on the debate stage tonight but while he's raised a lot of money, his poll numbers have gone down in the last month since the first debate in Miami. I would think, Mark, that some of the candidates who are barely hanging on might try to go after Buttigieg tonight, with Beto O'Rourke a big possibility. You you mentioned the poll numbers, Jamie. Do you think anyone's going to leave the race after tonight's debate? I do think, Mark, that either right after these debates or in coming weeks in August, that some of those who are barely registering 1% in the polls will have to rethink their campaigns. I went back to four years ago in the GOP race and there were people dropping out after the second debate. So it could certainly happen again here with the Democrats for 2020.
0: Interesting. So tonight's part one, tomorrow part two of the
7: the debate. What's the early preview on that, Jamie? Tomorrow will be an important night, certainly with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris being the big names, as they could well repeat what went on in the first debate in Miami. When Harris zeroed in on Biden over his past efforts on race discrimination, also, there are a number of other candidates tomorrow who aren't making much of an impact, and time is running out for them in the 2020 race for president. Last thing, Jamie.
0: Uh, normally, you got a front row seat for these debates, but sources tell me, sources close to the Mark Aram
7: show, say you're working out of a bar tonight in Detroit. Is that right? That's right, Mark. I'm working out of what's called the Hockey Town Cafe, which is not far from where the Detroit Red Wings and the Detroit Tigers play their games. Usually for a debate, the press filing center and the spin room are located in an arena or some big hall. But this was the best CNN could do right next to the Fox Theater in Detroit. The bar is about 25 feet away from me and you can find some behind the scenes photos on my blog as well, as it should be an interesting next two nights. As many Shirley Temples as you want, Jamie. You can write
0: them off for the company. Wait till I have the adult beverages after the debate. By the way, folks, you're going to hear the debate live right here on this very radio station and then post-debate coverage with Alan Sanders. Bill Crane's going to join us, political analyst, next segment, and your calls and questions about tonight's Democratic debate. 404-872-0750 on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. Pre-debate coverage continues next. Back to the program. Our pre-debate coverage continues on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. I am Mark Aram, broadcasting live in Atlanta. Don't forget, folks, you will hear the debate live on this very radio station. And then, following the debate, uh, my cohort Alan Sanders will do post-debate coverage. He's in studio, already doing prep work. Alan, what can we expect on the post-debate show, my friend? We're gonna, we're gonna, There you go. There we go. On uh, the post-debate
8: show, the big thing is we're going to obviously open the phone lines. We're going to have some looks at what happened. Did anybody score a point? Did people learn from the first round? Mm-hmm. The civility only works so long. At some point, they're going to have to try to get some traction. Uh, you're looking at probably five of the people on the stage tonight polling at or less than 1%. They're not going to be invited to a third round if they don't find a way to stand out.
0: I'm polling as good as some of the uh, candidates on the stage tonight. So <laughs> you'll, you're going to have fun. I think this, I think this is a make-or-break moment for a lot of candidates. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun on the post-debate cover. Alan Sanders will be anchoring that coverage both tonight and tomorrow. Are uh, you getting hazard pay for having to uh, do both of these debates? No, I love this kind of stuff. All I know right. it's weird for a lot of
8: people, but for me, this is this is part of what we do, You know, bring that
0: information, yeah. and
8: analysis, and hopefully open the phone lines and get other people's perspectives.
0: Good stuff. Speaking of the phone lines, you can join us now at 404-872-0750, 1-800-872-8255. Uh, political analyst Bill Crane joins us in studio. Dem Debate Part Do, and we've got two parts tonight and tomorrow. Uh, the headliners tonight, Bill Crane, uh, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Mayor Pete... And a bunch of other people who look to hopefully make their mark. Is someone going to, you know,
5: grab the mantle and really try to stand out from the crowd tonight? Former governor of Colorado, John Hickenlooper, who's best known for helping the state of Colorado uh, soften penalties on uh, small consumption and use of marijuana and bring marijuana recreationally into the state, as well as the revenues and regulation of same, is probably the most likely to take a broad swing tonight. He is considered to be a moderate in the field and has been critical out on the campaign stage of some of the policies of free everything that have been espoused by Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. He's polling at less than 1%. He won't make the cut the next round. He's only raised $1.1 million in the last campaign reporting field. So for his candidacy to continue, he'll have to take a different tack, and he's probably the most likely to do so. He's been sort of preempting, uh, getting some media play in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal lately, which tells people he's telegraphing yeah. that he's going to take a different swing.
0: You mentioned the, the liberal end of the party, and, and that's highlighted by Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, the two senators, and they're polling combined at 26 percent in the latest Quinnipiac poll, really pulling the conversation to the left here. For
5: and, and for the moderate Democrats, that that's not what they want. And Elizabeth Warren is trending up and Bernie Sanders is trending down. Yeah. So his numbers are getting softer. He's still raising money hand over fist. But uh, he does appear to be losing younger voters.
0: Uh, Tony joins us on the program. Tony, welcome to the pre-debate show, my friend. How are you, sir?
1: Well, good evening, Mr. Aram, and good evening, Mr. Crane. Good evening to you. I am really looking forward to this debate. Now, in full disclosure, I'm a libertarian, so I don't have a dog in the fight. But I find this in my mid-60s
5: now and throughout my entire life these debates are fascinating because this is part of the republic that we live in and i want to hear not just what elizabeth warren and uh bernie sanders want to snipe
0: at each other about but uh mayor pete and Beta o'rourke i want to see how these two guys show down and i'm going to listen on the radio because i don't care to see people in pantsuits and all that sort of crazy <laughs> stuff Well, we appreciate you listen on the radio tony um it's it's going to be interesting and I, I do love this part of the democratic process but growing up guys um I, I was watching debates, and there were never twenty-two candidates. It's just a lot to digest, and I kind of feel bad for some of the candidates, like 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 Amy Klobuchar. Like I think she's a solid candidate. She's going to get you know three and a half minutes of airtime today, and not really get a chance to flush out what she wants to do for the country.
8: Well, Bill, I know you were talking about. Um watching a booty gig try to you know step up and, and, uh, and Hickenlooper step up. But I think Amy Klobuchar actually went on record saying, I held back in the first debate, and she kind of regrets that. And so I'm waiting to see if she's going to come out and try to maybe score a couple of points as well.
5: We know from her staff she can be uh, a handful. A handful. <laughs> uh, part of the challenge, too, is with the Republicans last time, they had 17 in the field, and that yeah. out about by half by the end of the second debate in the first round of actual contest. We have two from Colorado, two from Massachusetts, two from New York uh two from texas and when you start talking about divvying up states other than maybe texas or california the population and the diversity it's hard to build a national base and so there are obviously standards of fundraising and polling they have to meet but just realistically to have a ground game that goes national for a lot of these people it's just not realistic in the within the next six to eight weeks peter joins us on the pre-debate
0: program peter welcome to the show how are you sir
5: i'm doing great how you guys doing tonight? excellent
0: what What are you thinking about on tonight's debate?
6: Well, you know, I've watched every single Democratic debate, and honestly, every single one I watch, I'm more embarrassed than the last time. I don't know whether to cry or laugh. I mean, it's it's really just sad, um, the level of hypocrisy that's that's coming out of some of these candidates. I mean, you, you got Bernie, who is, you know, talking about a $15 minimum wage, yet can't even pay his interns that. You've got Elizabeth Warren talking about uh, you know the college uh, admission scandal and how wrong and corrupt that is and and tuition is so ridiculously high yet she charges 400 i grand I'm, 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 let me jump in for a, a second
0: Peter I'm 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 reading the tea leaves here that none of these democrats really float your boat I'm assuming you're a republican correct
6: Correct, but here, here's the deal. And well, let me let I me hold on. Learned. Let me
0: ask you a question. Then it, it, does does any of these 22 candidates? Is there one Democratic candidate that you do not want to face uh, President Trump? Is there one that you're like, you know what? I'll take anyone but this person. Who scares you the most? I guess I'd be asking.
6: Honestly. I would say Bernie. Now, the reason I don't say Biden is mm-hmm. because they say that Biden is beating Trump in the polls. But I also remember election night 2016, and I remember Hillary had a 98 percent chance to win. So that tells me all I need to know about the polls. But when it comes to Bernie, you've got half of the country, you know, uh, millennials, a huge voting block that are so incredibly naive and don't know what socialism is. And they just see dollar signs and free, free, free. And honestly, but, I but think, here's the deal. I, I mean, might- I don't
0: know how many millennials you know. I wouldn't count on that voting block to be motivated on election day, especially if it's raining anywhere. Uh, Bill Crane, political analyst in studio. Um, I, I mentioned in the first half hour of the program. I, I think Republicans would love for Bernie Sanders to get the nomination because he is a a self-proclaimed socialist and just smack that that red socialist stamp on every TV ad. Socialist Bernie Sanders.
5: Socialist Bernie Sanders they would Republicans would welcome a Bernie Sanders candidacy. I would think the president in the White House, much as they don't want to pick, would still say Joe Biden scares them the most yeah. because yeah. of his name ID, because of his ability to raise money, because he actually actually is a bit more moderate than many of these candidates. But he had a rough outing the first go. Mm-hmm. So though it's tomorrow night, not tonight, that's one of the things I'll be watching for to see if Biden's people have prepped him better. And he's looking a little bit more battle ready. Lisa joins us
0: next on the pre bre- debate program. Hello, Lisa. How are
5: you?
3: I'm great. How are
0: you? Excellent. What's on your mind?
3: First, I wanted to comment on Eric Erickson's. Um, my understanding was well, actually, I watched it. CNN did a um, basically a lottery to choose the two different panels, so the non diversity just happened by, by coincidence. Yeah,
0: they do it like the NBA draft, I think, with like ping pong balls. Yeah. It, it, it looked was... more like the Georgia lottery when they drew yeah. the top five, I saw. Yeah, it. It, was, it was totally random. Yes, you're right. Right,
3: right. And the other thing, I'm fascinated by the various pronunciations of the candidates' names, and um,
0: and well, I know uh, I keep hammering Mayor Pete's name. I keep calling. There was a comedian that uh, that referred to him as uh, Booty Judge. And now that's stuck in my head, and I can't. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna follow Bill Crane's lead and say Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete. <laughs> I cannot stop saying <laughs> Mayor Booty Judge, which to me is a fantastic name. Uh, I just love it. Um, if you are not really stoked about the debate, let's say you're you're very conservative and you, you you're definitely not going to vote for any of the candidates here, you might be able to uh, have find some interest if you are a also a gambler because the odds makers are doing some interesting. Uh, Prop bets tonight. You know what a prop bet is, Bill Crane?
5: No, like, but like, you can. I'm happy to learn from you, the gambling man from Las Vegas, North Carolina. Like,
0: <laughs> like uh, if you're watching a football game, they have what's called an over/under. Like, oh, okay, over/under, or who will score the first touchdown? Or so we have prop bets for the uh, Democratic debate tonight. Uh, odds makers are creating much watch moments amongst the candidates. Mike Bauer reports President
6: Obama, I think, did a heck of a job
0: It's that kind of a statement from former Vice President Joe Biden that might
5: just win you beer money for the next Democratic debate. Odds makers are offering up prop bets on the two nights of Democratic debates in Detroit this week with odds like will former Vice President Joe Biden mention his old pal Barack Obama with the over under set at three the odds favoring the under and over under how many candidates will speak Spanish? The line set at two odds are favoring the under
2: and as close to a sure thing as you could get at any casino whether. Andrew Yang, featured debater on night number two, will wear a tie. Odds favor no tie. Mike Bauer,
0: NBC News Radio. So, so even if you you don't care about any of these candidates, you can earn some money. By by betting, I'm going over. You can bet
5: on anything. I would assume you would be taking the odds.
0: Yes, I'm. I'm betting the over on the Joe Biden number of times he uh, mentions uh, President Obama or says, uh,
5: "I'm the guy." Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, real quick, I mentioned the Quinnipiac poll, and again, going back to this time leading up to the 2016 election, the top three Republicans in the polling. This is amazing. So, you you take the polls now with a grain of salt. Jeb Bush, first place, with 22 percent. Scott Walker, remember him, seventeen mm-hmm. percent. Marco Rubio, who I thought was the slam dunk for the nomination, at fourteen percent. Ben Carson at eleven. Mike Huckabee at nine. Rand Paul at seven. Governor Rick Perry at five. Ted Cruz and Chris Christie at four. Carly Fiorina at two. President Trump, John Kasich, and Lindsey Graham, one percent each. No percent. Bobby Jindal, Rick Santorum, and George Pataki. So. You know, this time in the election cycle, that was the
5: Republicans' uh, polling numbers. So- and if you'd put Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio together, which you can't assume mm-hmm. all their voters follow, you'd have a candidate at almost 40%, and there would have been the nominee. There you they- go. But, uh, but uh, Jeb said Marco had got in. Marco didn't want to wait his turn. You don't have to wait your turn. If you want
0: to uh, join us on tonight's show, you can call... And give us uh, your questions or comments at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-872-8255. Mark Aaron with you tonight and tomorrow with pre-debate coverage. Alan Sanders is going to be with you on post-debate coverage. So after you hear the debate here on the radio, don't go anywhere. Instant reaction. I believe the, the phrase is the nation's first reaction. To the Democratic debate, uh, falling on Alan Sanders' broad shoulders. We're going to come back one more segment pre-debate show four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred eight seven two eight two five five, or hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Mark Arum, M A R K A R U M. Welcome back. Final segment of the pre-debate show. Mark Aram in studio with political analyst Bill Crane and Alan Sanders, who we'll hear after the debate with post-debate coverage. So we got uh, we got a debate tonight and a debate tomorrow, Bill Crane. Uh, is it easier, would it be easier for tonight's contestants on this to pick a fight with someone that's not on stage? So we got big names on the stage tomorrow. Biden, Booker, de Blasio, Gabbard, Gillibrand, Harris, uh, you know, if if they want to pick a fight, is it easier
5: for them to go after someone that's not on the stage with them tonight? Well, most of them will. His name's Donald Trump. They did <laughs> they did it at the last debate. Um, I I I know that it is getting late in the hour for some of these campaigns, but I think some of them will go into the night without taking too many hard swings because they want either a cabinet appointment or a place on the ticket. And ultimately, most Democrats want someone who can beat Donald Trump. So I do think there will be a handful who will take some pretty broad attempts to knock some stardust off of Mayor Pete or Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden. But in the main, they're not going to be too visceral this early. It's a long way till the Iowa caucuses. During the commercial break,
0: Alan Sanders, we were talking about the debate
5: moderators tonight.
0: And and who's going to be at the dais for CNN moderating this debate?
8: For tonight, you've got Dana Bash, you've got Jake Tapper, and you've got Don Lemon um, of them in order, I think Jake Tapper is probably the strongest in my opinion in terms of being trying, maybe try to get some actual answers and not toss up the softballs that you know. Bill, you and I talked about round one last time. Uh, Dan Abash, I think, does a decent job. I'm worried about Don Lemon doing sort of the gushing Don Lemon versus the uh, try to get to the hard-hitting questions. Be interesting to see how a panel turns up making it more about the candidates instead of more about CNN.
0: And it's I'm curious to see, you know, they always keep a clock or, you know, we keep a clock on who gets the most time. I'm assuming uh, Senators Warren and Sanders get the most time. Um, who's going to be the the third most
5: focused about uh, candidate on, on the stage tonight, do you think, uh, Bill Crane? Based on the... Breaking news of the last couple of weeks. Tomorrow night's easier to call. I'd say Mayor Pete will get his share of airtime. There was an attempt, it seemed, by NBC to showcase Elizabeth Warren in the last debate. I don't get the sense in watching the run up to the sh- to the debate coverage that I've seen of things like the venue, the Fox Theater in Detroit, which is beautiful. Uh, that much of a, a spotlight focused on any one candidate this time, but certainly Elizabeth Warren was supposed to be the the woman of the hour in the first NBC debate last time. Yeah. Uh, what do you, What do you think, Alan?
8: Well, outside of the first two, which Sanders and, and Warren are going to definitely try to get all of it, um, I would watch for Beto O'Rourke, who's trying to reboot his campaign yet again to try to figure out how to either interrupt enough. 3.0. Yeah, three, <laughs> I'll give you the over-under three times. Uh, they did say they're going to try to penalize people for too much interruption, so gotcha. we'll have to wait and see if they actually pull that off. But I think Beto O'Rourke is really trying to bring himself back up.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line when it comes to interrupt. If you're going to interrupt someone, you better have something strong to bring to the table and not just interrupt for the sake of interruption. I'm I'm just looking at the the lineup card here, as we go back to the baseball references. Uh, tomorrow's lineup card is, is a little more impressive, and I think we could see more fireworks tomorrow night than we could see tonight. There's a lot of strong uh, personalities on the stage tomorrow night. I think this might be the warm-up, you know, everything's a little calmer and peaceful, and then tomorrow we see some fireworks.
5: Well, we've also had in the national scene, not so much the Mueller hearings, but... The Baltimore discussion: a lot of the a lot of issues ginned up around race and racial inequality. So, if you look at tomorrow night's lineup, you got Joe Biden in the middle, the old white guy, bookended by Joey, uh, Cory Booker of New uh, New Jersey and Kamala Harris of California, and then you go one step further and you got the Hispanic who's on the camp on the campaign trail, uh, the former Housing Secretary. Um, Julian Castro and then Andrew Yang the Asian businessman mm-hmm. so it, it definitely has a much more diverse look tomorrow night than
0: Benetton tomorrow yes um, Barney's tonight yes Barney's going out of business by the way you guys know about Barney's in New York mm. amazing
5: fashion maybe store. more Starbucks alright there you go <laughs> uh,
0: well gentlemen thank you Bill Crane uh, and Alan Sanders uh, tomorrow uh, we'll have the same lineup we'll do the same thing and Jamie Dupree of course will have updates tomorrow morning he is uh, reporting from a bar in Detroit Godspeed, Jamie. We'll continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M, A-R-U-M. Hang tight. Thanks for listening to the Mark Arum Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity internet. And it's the amazing 10G network.